0: Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu.
1: Thank you, Larry Colmus. And welcome to the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me for another fun-filled episode is the wonderfully talented and gifted Michelle Yu. Yay. Thanks, Billy. Hi, Michelle. Hi. (laughs) We have a great guest today, uh, John Gasper. Shortleaf racing uh racing manager uh will join us. We have a, a great interview with John and uh Caddo River is on the Kentucky Derby Trail after winning the the Smarty Jones. Pretty cool.
2: Yeah, right? super impressively too.
1: Yeah, super impressively. So we'll speaking, find out all about. John Derby before- Trail. Yeah.
2: What do you got? Uh, I you know. Well we, we we kind of have changed our show a little bit, so we're shortening it up and we're not doing all the race recaps. But can I just say Medina Spirit? Oh,
1: you love him. I love him. <laughs> he won the Robert Lewis for uh, Zidane Racing and uh, Bob Baffert, who actually trained for the Lewis's, uh, ironically enough in wire-to-wire fashion, holding off Hot Rod Charlie, our good friend Bill Strauss, and uh, who was third. And second was Roman Centurion uh, in a, a, a really, really good race.
2: Yeah, that was a super good race. And, I mean, tough as nails was a great call from Frank Miramati because Medina Spirit put up uh, all the hard work. He did the heavy lifting from the rail. And at one point it looked like they were all going to swamp him and go by. And he dug deep, and he found a lot more. So I am super proud of him. All
1: right, Michelle, I have the question for you.
2: Give me the question.
1: Of those three horses that finished within a neck of each other, which one has the best shot of winning the Kentucky Derby?
2: (sighs) Oh. Unpopular unpopular um, thought probably, but I'm going to say Roman Centurion because Ooh. he wants to go the distance.
1: Wait, what, what was that? He, Hercules.
2: What? I will find my way. I can go the distance. Who knew you I'll had a great someday. voice? You're, you are. This is incredible. No one. You're crazy. People that have to sit next to me. My, you know, my kid tells me all the time, mom, what? Shh, shh. that's what she tells me when I sing <laughs> in the car. That's not your part, Michelle. She gives me like the I boy parts be, only. Uh,
1: listen, you know I'm your biggest fan, but I'm also your big, biggest critic. Uh, that's y- true. Michelle used to say you guyses on the show all the time, and I said that is all not proper English. So <laughs> I have to say that I think your voice is fantastic.
2: Oh, well, thank you.
1: All right. Well, that's I appreciate that. That. No one wants to hear us talk. But you know what? People are listening to our show, Michelle, and a lot of people are asking how they can continue to produce more shows and content. And... We are join- We just joined the In The Money podcast team, and they have mm-hmm. a weekly newsletter. You can actually go to inthemoneypodcast.com forward slash email. You can sign up for free. Free. No money. Uh, all you got to do is click the newsletter tab on the homepage. The newsletter is an extension of the podcast network. It's sent weekly on Fridays. And the intention of the newsletter is to become a hub for horse racing content from the In The Money team and our partners. And I have to say, I love our team.
2: I do too. It's so cool. It's so cool to click on there and see like everybody that is under the same banner. and oh, be yeah. like,
1: "Oh, It's like, oh, "Oh, that's my team." <laughs> that's
2: right? It's anyway,
1: we know you don't want to hear us talk. We're going to get to John Gasper from Shortleaf Racing right now. So, Michelle, we have a great guest. John Gasper is joining us from Shortleaf Racing, the formerly known as Lob Lolly, been in the game for uh, John, you're going to tell us, but first, welcome to the owner's box.
0: Well thank you very much I appreciate you uh, calling today and uh, and I'm glad that it's the owner's box you know we all everybody talks about the trainers and and the jockeys and all the owners never get it seem to get enough credit John <laughs> so I you. I just
1: got chills because that is why we started the show uh, to, to give the owners a voice. So we really appreciate it. I know you're going to talk about, Mr. Anthony, you are uh, uh, the racing manager for Shortleaf Racing. But before we get into that and we talk about Caddo River and we talk about, I mean, Michelle, this this list of horses that I sent you, Temperance Hill, Prairie Bayou, Pline Bluff, Demons Be Gone, Cox's, Cox's Ridge, Ridge Van I mean, it's incredible. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, John. Introduce yourself to our audience so they know
0: how you got in the game. Well, originally I'm from Omaha. And uh, my grandfather uh, had a construction company and a real estate company there in South Omaha. And I grew up there. Uh, well, I say grew up until I was about nine or 10 years old. But I, he introduced me to the game. He, he had racehorses as a hobby and, and basically just raced around the Nebraska circuit there at Lincoln and Columbus and Atticad and Bonner Park and all those kind of places, Exarbonne but uh, and i've got some wind pictures of me when i was 9 years old you know in the in the in wind pictures so that's basically how i got introduced to it and you know how do you, how do you get with these things you know i mean how how does this happen it just you just it's in I your blood know. no you know, you're, you basically it, what it you could have it. said yeah. what you
1: what you could have said john is i'm a psycho horse racing person just like you guys yeah
0: yeah well, basically, that's what everybody is that's in this business. You know they I don't I don't know of anybody that's ever gotten out of the business for real. You know, they might have said that, but I don't know if they've ever actually got out of the business. so, but anyway, so I grew up uh, around there. and then eventually, uh, my father worked for the federal government, and he was transferred to Kentucky to finish the interstate between Lexington and uh, Frankfurt. And so uh we leased Walmack Farm at the time.
1: Oh wow. Oh wow. And
0: and so um, uh while I was going to just going to school there and we had the farm and then um uh and then I but I was always wanting to uh I was always wanting to uh, uh race track. I always, you know, the race track was more I was infatuated more with race track than I was with uh the farm life. Uh even though you know, it was great, but uh, well, it's a little. So the that, racetrack's
1: a little more exciting, John. Let's be honest.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, it is, and and uh, you know, especially when you're 17, 18 years old, and you know, you see all these great horses that're running, and you know, we were right. Of course, we were right there at Keeneland, and you get to go and watch them, and it just got, you know, so it just just got, uh, just got, got bigger and bigger, and uh, and then eventually, I. Uh, you know kind of just left home and went on the racetrack and uh started out i guess like everybody else does, you know rubbing horses and learning and trying to soak in everything you could and uh and then infor- unfortunately I've you know been around a lot of good trainers and people that have taught me and uh so uh that's kind of how how it all just you know how it all graduated into the into what I am now, I guess, as a racing manager, but I mean, I was a jockey agent for years and I trained horses for Dan Lassiter for a while. And I mean, I've done a lot of different things. I've also worked in the racing office for Howard battle. I wanted to experience, um, a lot of different aspects of the game. Uh, you know, I wanted to know how, how the racing office, worked and how to write condition books and Mm -hmm. that eventually helped me as a jockey agent uh and also as a trainer so uh you know as placing as you well know placing horses is that's a big part of the game absolutely Michelle, John,
2: we normally ask, uh, you know, kind of about a really great experience or your favorite experience, you know, currently, but seeing as you go back to, I feel like some of the really classic times of big name racehorses. Mm -hmm. Can you give me a favorite Mm -hmm. memory of being on track for something that, you know, was phenomenal, like when you were growing up?
0: Well, uh, I don't know if exactly when I was growing up, but, but it was probably about 30 years ago, really, when Personal Incident won the Breeders' Cup at Churchill Downs. Oh yeah. yeah. I had Randy. I had Randy Romero's book at that time, and uh, I'll I'll never forget that race. I mean, I stood going down the backside. I didn't give her a snowball's chance in hell, you know. And uh, <laughs> I mean, she was just. Struggling over the racetrack, and, you know, obviously, you know what happened from
2: there. And so it's
1: one of the great calls, too. Yeah, it was, yeah, a, great, it
0: was exactly. a great call.
1: Michelle, can you do the call? Yeah.
2: No, I can't do that one.
1: John? I can't do that one. John, can you can you do the call or no? Are we going to pass on that?
0: Oh, I, you know, yeah, I remember this part of it, you know, and I, I remember Tom Durkin saying, and she's, re, you know, uh, releasing a furious rally, you know, and, and <laughs> it's I mean, it was incredible. Uh, Obviously it was, a, you know, it was a nose victory. And, and then that was the, uh, that was her, the end of, you know, that was her retirement race and that was it. And, you know, she, you know, talking about all the good horses that have been around go for wand and, and all those good fillies that we, we had and, uh, been fortunate enough to ride and been associated with it's, uh, it's really, um, it's as much of a relief as it is a thrill sometimes. Right. With uh-huh. those kind of horses, you know, that are expected to win. And, uh, but, uh, it's, it, you know, in, in, in the end, memories is basically all we have, you know, and, and those are the kind of memories that stick in your mind for sure. Of, of course. I, I, that,
1: that was an incredible, I got the, I've had the chills for about five minutes just thinking about that race. John Gasper joining us on the owner's box here on in the money a podcast network. Um, you talked about being a jockey agent. You talked about working in the racing office. You, you, I think it's very smart that you did a lot of things, and I, I, I realize it probably got you to the position you are now. What? Give us a couple of tidbits of what you might have learned while you were an agent or while you were in the racing office or while you were even training horses that led you to ultimately the position you are in now.
0: Well, I think at first uh, – my first writer was Bobby Ussery in 1975. And I was just a kid, you know, I was just a young guy and he was just, and he was, it's, it was toward Bobby's uh, end of his career. But, um, I learned, uh, he was a great guy. We're still friends. Uh, one thing I've always done somehow I've always remained friends with my writers, uh, you know, that, um, uh, I mean, we, there were never any, any bitter ending to any of the deals. And, and, uh, uh, you know, people go different directions in these in this business, and uh, you never know which way it's going to carry you. But, um, I think being an agent, um, from uh, especially listening to analysts now on TV that saying, you know, about like maybe a rider has ridden two different horses and they're in the same race, and he's picked this one over that one, uh, there's a lot of politics that goes into it, you know. I mean, it's sometimes you ride a horse that, you know, is not the best horse and you, you know, that you let the other horse go. And it's just because sometimes you have to do that to kind of keep everything in perspective. And, you know, it's not just one race. Mm -hmm. you got to think about all the way down the road, you know, what's best in the long run. So you learn little things like that. and, And, uh, uh, where on TV sometimes they may say, oh, well, you know, he picked this one. This must be the best one. That might not always be the case, you know? Great point. So right, you right, right. You have to give and take. You have to give and take, you know? I mean, it's not all take.
2: John, so, can you tell uh, us a little bit about how you came to your current position right now as racing manager for um, Shortleaf? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I've trained my first horse, well, actually my only horse for Mr. Anthony in 1976. Wow. And- uh, a friend of mine who was training all his horses. I was at at that at the time at Key, what was called Keystone, which is now Parks, and my friend that was training Mr. Anthony's horses was at Monmouth, and he sent me a horse down there, to to uh, and asked me if I would saddle it for him, uh, and I said certainly. And and anyway, to make a long story short, the horse ended up uh, not running any good. And I, and I called, this is all before cell phones and obvious and all that stuff. So I called him back and I said, just let me know what time the van will be here tomorrow and I'll let him, you know, I'll be, have the horse ready to go. And he called me back. And he said, I've talked to Mr. Anthony. He said, if you want to keep that horse down there and, and, and run him down there, which at that time parks was like a lower end racetrack other than Monmouth, you know? So I said, sure, I'll keep him. You know, I didn't know, I knew Mr. Anthony's name, but I'd, I'd never met him ever never talked to him on the phone or anything so i didn't even make a long story short i ran the horse six times he won four in two seconds oh that happened during all the that time, time <laughs> mr anthony yeah, mr anthony came up after he'd won a couple races and the first time i met him is one of the days i was saddling him in the paddock and he happened to win that day again so um you know, we kind of formed a a small relationship at that point, the horse ended up getting claimed later on in the year. And, and, uh, and that's when I went to work for Dan Lassiter, uh, uh, training some of his horses. And, uh, but I always remained friends with Mr. Anthony. And, um, and even, even when, um, uh, I, you know, I, I never trained another horse for him, not one. Wow. Uh, and, and so, um, He'd asked me several times, but I was not in a position to do it. I had I had uh, writers that were doing very well and I just couldn't do it. And to his credit, he didn't, you know, like say, okay, well, if you're not going to work for me, then I'm not going to bother with you anymore. He just, (laughs) you know, would confide in me. He would confide in me on different things occasionally. And, um, you know, and one day, well, actually, Mr. Farish and I owned lanes at Bloodstock in 2000 and ni- actually 1999. And we had Pine Bluff there at the farm. So I would call John Ed occasionally, you know, we kept in touch through the years, but, but nothing. And then one day he just called me and he said, uh, um, are you still buying yearlings for people? I said, yeah, he said, well, can you buy me some yearlings? I said, well, certainly. And so I got lucky and bought a horse in uh, a now it escapes my name but he, um but for like forty thousand and he ended up making about six or seven hundred thousand for him and he got a little more interested in the game at that point he didn't have a lot of horses
1: uh-huh. uh,
0: he had gone through a divorce and and um and the horses were all the mares and stuff were sold so um, at that point he you know we just got lucky and bought a few more and then we bought a few more and And finally, to the point where, um, you know, I'm kind of more full-time for him now in the last four or five years. So, you know, that's kind of how how it developed. I still buy horses for other people. He lets me do that. Matter of fact, I'm going back to Lexington for the sale Monday and Tuesday, but I buy horses for the Russians also. And that's been- So this was really in
2: between, John, sorry, this is really in between then, like when after Loblolly was dispersed mm-hmm, or phased mm-hmm. out. So you have really mm-hmm. been the shortleaf short guy.
1: Yeah, the shortleaf guy. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I wasn't really involved that much with Loblolly, hardly at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, even though, you know, I knew the horses and I'd see him occasionally. And, and you know, at some point, it, like, uh, Suge had the horses for a while. And then when Suge took the fifth job, and Suge and I are very close friends, um, and then when Suge took the fifth job, Rusty Arnold got him, and then Rusty's assistant, Tom Bohannon, ended up with him. So it kind of got through a phase there where, um, you know, where I I didn't really have that much, hardly anything to do with them, Mm -hmm. really. I mean, I had riders that rode those horses, but I didn't have anything to do with – with the, you know, actually the horses themselves. And and a lot of, Miss, a lot of Mr. Anthony's success were with homebreds sure at right. that time. And so uh, Dr. Lavin, Gary Lavin, who had his farm in Goshen, Kentucky, had the mares there for 35 years. And uh, and they would still be there, except that he's basically sold the farm and, and is retired. So now they're all the mares are at Stone Farm with Arthur Hancock. And so, uh, so I mean, John is kind of
1: high. Listen, Michelle, developed.
0: John is John is dropping
1: this some serious names here. I, yeah. know, I like, mean
2: all
1: of a sudden, of a sudden the like, owner's box coming out of limestone. Yeah. yeah. John, you're you're really um stepping up the class of of our podcast. I would. I appreciate that. Well,
0: I don't know about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, John, tell
2: me, what do you do on a Look, on a day to day basis? What's the job? What's your What's your job entail as racing manager?
0: Okay. Well, right now I'm in Hot Springs, and um, I've been here since uh, actually I came down here in November, and I stay here in Mistrand. I'm looking at the lake right now. I'm standing. I'm. Uh, stay at mr anthony's lake house he lets me stay here during the race meet nobody stays here during the it's uh it's just a summer home for uh for his grandkids and stuff but uh so uh, while i'm here obviously we have horses with two different trainers here with brad Mm -hmm. cox of course and with john ortiz who's a younger fella he's only been training a few years so we do have some arkansas breads and of course we have um you know kentucky breads and and also and we but um so i just go out in the mornings and you know i watch the horses train and talk to the trainers and if there's problems we try and you know deal with them like we like anybody else but uh but that's basically what i do and then of course in the afternoons you know go watch them run and and um as a matter of fact, Mr. Anthony just tried to call here while we're talking. Oh no! But, uh, Sorry, wanna, Michelle but, and Billy.
1: Do no, you want to no, bring guys. him on the show? No, 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 that's okay. We can. We, we can no, bring that, him right on the okay. show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, uh, I mean that would that's, be something. Uh, I'll, I'll call him back. You'll call but, him. Back.
1: Uh, you, you know what? Tell yeah, anyway, him, he... John. John, tell him you're mm-hmm, on the owner's mm-hmm. box, talking him up and okay. uh, giving good karma. You may not know this, but our show we have great karma. If you come on the show, you will win a big race probably i would say within the next 30 days do you agree with that michelle
2: yeah definitely it's
1: going to happen well, believe me believe John, me i hope you're right <laughs> so much so much has changed in the last 30 years in our game what oh, do you yeah. oh, see yeah. as as some of the biggest changes let's say for the for the good of the game and then we can then we can maybe talk about some of the things that haven't gone so well
0: well i think i think the the probably the most thing the, the two good things have changed i think that have promoted this game one is the races on tv i think that's finally got to the point where you know you get you're getting it out to the public where people have don't have access to go to the racetrack you know they can get on, on tvg or, or or rtn or whatever they you know whatever they can do and um and i think to the inner you know the the adws you know where they can bet off their phones and things sure. i mean that just makes it so much easier i think for people that you know just don't have time right now you know how things are now everybody wants everything's in a hurry right now and people don't have time to do things a matter of fact i one time at at saratoga uh, alan dragone was the president of naira and uh saratoga they're they're notorious for like just dragging the races out you know and and uh, I was asked Mr. Dragone, I said, When's the last time you've been to a doubleheader baseball game? He says, Oh, well, I don't have time for that. I said, Here we are at the yeah, doubleheader my- baseball <laughs> game. I said, I said, Because I said, these horses, I mean, you don't have to have 35 minutes between. You. Believe me, people will get to the windows if you, you know, if yeah. you say it's only going to be 25 minutes, you know, they'll get there. Don't believe me, you know. So, uh, but I think that, you know, I think that those two things are the, I think are the best things that have, that I've seen recently to promote racing, you know, and and, and I'm so glad that it is. And, um, as, you know, people watch hard races on their phones or whatever the case might be. It's just great. You know, I think it's great.
1: We were hoping that you'd say podcast, but that's okay, John. I thought the answer was terrific. <laughs> uh, well,
0: you know, and, you could have thrown the, that in. Well, Billy. Well, Billy, but look, and that's great, too, because look how many, exactly, I mean, look how many programs are on the radio. You know, there's, like, say, I, I just happened to do with Mike Penna, but even before Mike Penna even did it, I did it with Pete Coolis uh, back in the 80s, uh, I would, when Pete was doing it by himself at Lexington. Uh, I would do a little tape recorder thing with, say, with Suge, like, okay, Suge, you know, personal ensign's running in the, you know, whatever, the, this this week, what do you have to say? And then I'd send him the tape, That's amazing. and he would play it Saturday, you know, and say, we spoke with Suge this week, and here's what he had to say about <laughs> personal ensign, awesome. you know. I mean, te- kind of technology
1: so, is king, my friend. Technology yeah. is king. We yeah. are on Skype. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think, but we, I think
2: Skype know, is even outdated too. Everybody else is doing better things.
1: Probably. And we, we next time we'll have yeah. video. But uh, you know, if we did video uh, though, everyone would just stare at Michelle the whole time and it would nothing would be get accomplished.
2: <laughs> Hardly because I'm like sitting here in my pajamas with like my hair in a messy bun. It. I don't <laughs>
1: it. John Gasper here on the owner's box. John, let's get to today and what's happening now and that's Caddo River. Um, super impressive in his, in his maiden breaker by nine lengths, I think at Mm -hmm. Churchill. And then he comes back and just absolutely crushes in the smarty Jones.
2: Wait, wait, I I want to, I want to, I want to interrupt you real quick because I just want to promote, um, uh, John Anthony real quick, just that, uh, he's the only owner to win all four Kentucky Derby type prep races at Oakland park. He leads the record with the most wins of the Southwest three, the most wins in the rebel five. And the most wins in the Arkansas Derby, also three. And then, of course, he just added the Smarty Jones with Cattle River as well.
1: I mean, Michelle, you did your
2: homework. I did. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, John, yeah. was that kind of impressive?
0: yeah that was yeah i was pretty impressed with that I was, yeah. I was too i didn't even i i mean i knew he'd won something he'd won him but i didn't know how many times really no I, just, <laughs> I mean listen so
1: talk about what what Cato river means i mean this kind of is is almost like the resurgence yeah. of of shortleaf racing um how, how was it the is. how was you uh how did you acquire him you
0: chose brad cox he was a homebred. he's a, a homebred Yes, he is a homebred, but, uh, but I bought the mayor Pangburn for Mr. Anthony for 130,000 out of the phasic tipped in July sales. She's by congrats. We were, so we raced her, uh, and she, she was a moderate stakes winner. Uh, nothing, you know, made up, I think she made about 300,000 or something like that. But, um, but she was a gorgeous Philly and big, strong Philly. And, uh, her first foal actually was uh, just supplemented to the phasic Tipton sale on Monday.
2: I saw but, that the, uh, Bode, that, Bode half the Bodemeister half to Cattle River,
0: right? And we sold her for ten thousand dollars because she didn't really show us anything. And she she did end up winning some races and a couple races, but she was not look. She wasn't what we were looking for. Let's put it that way. And then this is the second foal um, out in the mare. But, uh, so that's how Cattle River became Cattle River and, and Mr. Anthony's son, Ed does the pedigree work. He works for Bill, he worked for Bill Oppenheim for quite a few years. So he does the matings. I kind of stay out of it. I just, you know, he'll ask me questions and I'll put my two cents worth in, but basically it's up to him and Mr. Anthony who they decide to end up breeding the mares to. So kudos to them for breeding her to hardspun. Um, but that's how, that's how Cattle River became, you know, when, became part when, of our
1: state. When did you know he was special? You know, it,
0: I remember, uh, and, and people will tell you this. I think most people will tell you this. Not every horse is a two year old, but, uh, I remember Woody Stevens telling me one thing and, and, uh, Woody was a great guy. He taught me a lot, um, uh, when I had Sam Maple's book, we wrote Smartin and Smart Angle and he was, you know, very, very good to me. But I remember Woody saying one time to me, when you come out of winter quarter with young horses, if you haven't got one or two better than the rest, you're in for a long summer. <laughs> that <means laughs> That's good. Basically, what he's saying is none of them are any good. Right. You know, if you ain't got one or two better and this horse, he was one of the, you know, he was one that showed us or thought, you know, we thought that he was the best one of the bunch, you know. And so, um, uh, you know, ultimately it's turned out that way. But he showed us a little bit more early. And I think, uh, in Bobby Franklin and I were very good friends. And, and Bobby had horses for one of my Ukrainian clients for years. And it was the same way. I mean, you, you know, they tell you pretty quick whether they're the right ones or not, and for the most part. Even though they may not win going five furlongs or six furlongs, but they kind of tell you that they are. Yeah, uh,
1: it's interesting you say that because he did have a couple of starts before he really turned it on, and I think it was his third mm -hmm. start that he won. And you mentioned this before Mm -hmm. earlier in the interview, that we're in such a now society, right? We're breeding for speed. We want to win
0: first time out. It's actually Mm -hmm. nice to see Mm -hmm. someone with a little
1: patience. Yeah,
0: and and uh, we we don't even send our horses. We don't even try to run our horses. I mean, if we make a start before Saratoga, that's rare. Sure. Uh, and you know, I mean, if they'll they'll really have to be a horse that is very precocious for us. And we try and w- either whether we either buy horses or breed horses, we breed them for two turns, or buy them for two. Try and buy them for two turns because. That's what Mr. Anthony likes. He's not too interested in winning the first race. He'd rather win, you know. He's we're trying to win the eighth race on Saturday. Basically, is what we're trying to do. And obviously, a lot of other people are too. But that's kind of our goal. So uh, I think hopefully, it's, I think it's a great goal. This is one he's been there know, before. Uh, yeah.
2: Well yeah yeah, yeah question about that there, from that <laughs> angle about you guys have had or Mr. Anthony has had success from in the Preakness and the Belmont, but so far Kentucky yeah. Derby has eluded him. Is that one of the goals that you have oh, when you're looking at horses?
0: Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, you know, obviously a lot of people's goal, but uh I hope and Mr. Anthony's eighty one years old and uh, you know, I hope that at some point that we can get him to that, you know. To, to that hollowed ground right there at Churchill downs uh and it would be uh it would be a great thrill for me uh if I had a part you know any part in doing that uh that's that's that would be the ultimate uh, uh you know the ultimate for me is to see him standing in that uh standing in that winter circle with the roses wrapped around whomever you know whatever horse it might be well
1: hopefully it'll be Cotto river and uh, because he's on the trail what's what what's next for uh for kato uh
0: right now uh brad and i were you know we've uh talked this morning. well we've talked the last three four days and so far he's he's knock on wood he's done great he's come out of his race great um and right now it looks like it'll be the rebel. I believe that's like the 13th of March or something like that. So we won't go in the Southwest, uh, which is the next one here at Oakland. We'll go skip that one. We're kind of working. Well, they're like, <laughs> you you're know, not you going to jinx it
1: here. Don't worry. Work. You're
0: not going to jinx it. Yeah. You're, you're making
1: yeah. fans, John. We're, Trust me.
0: Yeah. We're, you know, we work, we're working back from the triple crown. If, you know, if, if this horse is good enough, How many times can you take him over there in a row? So at some point we got, you know, you've got to give him some type of a break. And we thought uh, since he hasn't run since November and he ran the other day, uh, that that now would be a time to, you know, give him a little bit rather than like fire him right back. So uh, that's kind of the plan right now. And obviously, if he were to run well in the Rebel, then it would be the Arkansas Derby, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Well, so, that, it sounds like a good path and one that's so familiar to many, many Derby entrants, let alone uh, and some winners as well. Uh, John, we we always like to ask our, our guests one question at the end. We call it kind of the education corner for people who are just take, getting into horse ownership. Give one piece of advice <laughs> that, that you would give to a new owner getting into the game that you've learned over your 30 40 years of
0: experience when you hire somebody to train and rick Bettino told me this about his his experiences with coaching and 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 also obviously with horses he said when i hire a trainer i let him train the horse i don't tell him you know i don't tell him what to do where to you know he might ask me just as that like as an athletic director hires me to coach basketball I don't want the athletic trainer to tell me how to coach my team, you know? So I would say that, uh, if you hire somebody, you've obviously had confidence in them to train your horse, let them train the horse, you know, let them do the best, let, let them make the decisions. They're with them all the time. They understand it. That would be, and have patience. 'Cause uh, you need a lot of that. In this <laughs> yes, you do. John Gasper,
1: you've been a you've been an absolute treat. Thank you for coming on the owner's box today. Please give well, uh, Mr. Anthony our best shortleaf racing. We are rooting, we are official Caddo River fan club right here. It started. We will jump on the bandwagon. We appreciate the offer for Michelle and yeah. I to come and watch the Arkansas Derby at the summer house
0: <laughs> in our to, He did say that, right, Michelle?
2: <laughs> yes, Lee, yeah. i I was waiting for my point, invite. Point,
0: if it gets to that point, you are definitely welcome to oh, stay here, we here go. at the house. It's, yeah. just me yes. four bed, it's just me and four bedrooms, so there's plenty of room. Come on down. You'll have a great time. I hope oh, we, I, I hope love it. Happens. Oh, we're coming. You got it, my man. Thanks so
1: much for taking the time with okay. us today. And and again, tell uh, Mr. Anthony, best of luck from both of us. Uh,
0: sir, will. thanks
1: for having me on. That was cool, Michelle.
2: Yes, it was. I mean, the na- the name dropping in a positive way, right? That is not a yes, that's yes. not a spur in the name dropping, but like the way he just says it, like casual conversation, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh mean, yeah, and, and, me and
2: Bill Farish had this, and our you, horses but, are at you know, Stone Farm.
1: We talk about familiarity with silks a lot of times. I'm I'm very into silks and and recognizing them, and those loblolly silks, the brown and the yellow. I mean. Mm-hmm. Demons be gone. Are you kidding me? Pine Bluff, Prairie Bayou, Van Landingham, Temperance Hill, Cox's. I mean, it's ridiculous. Just those six alone in, in when I was growing up, those were big, big horses. So um, they've done a great job. And, and John has done a great job of reviving it. And obviously, Mr. Anthony at a at 81. How can you not root for this guy? Are we uh, yeah,
2: exactly. You know, you know what's crazy? I looked him up just to see, you know, where where he's been and everything. And he's in the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame, the yep. Arkansas Businessman Hall of Fame. He stands stallions. He's got his broodmare band. He has racehorses. It's like, wow. And,
1: and he has a summer home on the lake, which apparently, right? if Cato uh, River is goes to the Arkansas Derby, that we have been invited to.
2: By the way, can I say a funny quote that I read of him from sure. a couple years back? Um, they were talking about horses and where the names came from, and he said he likes to name a lot of horses based on things in Arkansas. Even Loblolly itself, actually, was an Arkansas pine, okay? Yes. I'm sure shortly, because he was in the timber business. Yes, family in the um, timber So Cattle River, obviously named after that, but he said at one point, you know, I keep a running list of names I think would make good names for good horses, but I've wasted a lot of good names on not good <laughs> horses. <laughs>
1: We all have, we all right? have. Believe me. That's the worst
2: when you're like, "Oh, it's a fine claimer. I got to change his name." We all have.
1: <laughs> well, special thanks to John Gasper for coming on today, and uh, and special thanks to all of our new listeners on the In the Money podcast. Michelle, where what's where can they find more information?
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, of course, you can go to uh, social media, which is where we're always found, right? You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Own a Horse. I am at the Michelle Yu. Billy is at BKLRF. And then, of course, you can follow the In The Money Media account at In The Money Media.
1: And there's so much information and so much content that these guys from In The Money are putting forth, whether it's JK plus one. I was a guest a couple weeks ago, Michelle. We had a great time. I literally think we talked for an hour and a half um and pete Fornitel is doing an amazing job with all his handicapping shows and and uh acacia courtney is on our isn't it mm-hmm. she's on yes. our, our network and matt bernier um great people to listen to so turn us on on your drive follow us um go to youtube in the money forward slash youtube we have a whole you can subscribe there it's all kinds of stuff michelle it's so exciting
2: uh, it is really exciting have they migrated our stuff over yet i haven't oh, yeah. looked
1: Oh, yeah. You can find all of our hundreds of old shows on iTunes and, I believe, on the In the Money podcast network. Michelle, always great talking to you. Thanks uh, uh, one more time to John Gasper for joining us today. And we'll be back next week here on the Owner's Box. Bye.